Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Joseph Ferraro, we are live. <laughs> What's up, everybody? March 6th edition of the Holy Smokes podcast. Yours truly, uh, apparently to Sean Ross Sapp. I'm Joseph Ferraro today. Uh, I'm also going to be dad. Uh, you guys will find out probably momentarily or <laughs> hopefully not. But uh, uh, lots to talk about today in the Holy Smokes podcast. Uh, UFC 222 followed. Before we get to that, I'll explain a bunch of things in a second. Sean, how are you doing with that hair, man? It's, it's, it's getting, they're getting long, man. Those locks are getting long. It's beautiful, isn't it? It's majestic. Look at that. Look at that. My wife's home, and I didn't even have her put it up for me. I'm just letting it go. Just hey, letting man, it got, go. You actually had some compliments from the ladies that tuned into the podcast when you had the man bun. Well, you know. I do, you know, I do notice, whether it's for good or bad reasons, when I am somewhere and I have long hair, more people will pay attention to me or look at me. Whether it's positive or negative, I just see people... Like it's it's kind of weird. Like I never thought that something like that could happen, and it's something that you will never experience. Uh, no, no, uh, not anytime soon. Although I do have pictures of me back in the day when I did have long hair. Really? Uh, oh yeah, I went through the whole mullet stage. I went through oh. the Patrick Swayze slick back hair and a ponytail <laughs> back. I had long hair. Oh All right, yeah. Listen, we we'll are to- we are in the early stages of launching some premium fightful content, which will include a photo gallery. We're oh going to need one of those pictures. We're going to need you to come up off of one of those pictures. I don't know if I can find them. Here's the thing. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't we're going to have Anna make one. That's She'll fine. Photoshop one of you. 
We got to talk about Anna Bauer in a moment, but first I want everyone to know that we're going to talk about some UFC 222 that went down this past Saturday. Bit of a fallout there, some stuff, some interesting stuff to dissect. Sean and I will do so uh, in a moment. Who is next for Cyborg? Obviously, uh, she emerged victorious in that main event uh, with relative ease. Uh, somebody whose fights I've called over the past two years, Mirko Krokop, has now signed with Bellator, uh, allegedly, apparently. Rumor is he'll be competing against Roy Nelson at UFC, uh, or sorry, Bellator. Oh wow, there's he a will, he slip. will be. They they sent me a press release for it. They they did even with the uh, we'll get into that drug testing scenario yeah. in a moment. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about Bellator 195. Darian Caldwell, uh, pretty fantastic performance, but now maybe caught in a bit of limbo in terms of his division. We'll get to that in a second. I'm sure it'll rile up Sean Rossap as uh, potential opponents who Caldwell will have to face if he jumps up a division. Uh, and of course, Sean wants to talk about uh, Mohamed Khalidov, who lost. Uh, Sean O'Malley, for those that don't know, this kid's got all kinds of stardom written all over him. I mean, he's 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 got he's got a bit of an it factor. We'll see. I think he's a bit of a uh, a funny cat. I think he operates on a different frequency. But we'll get to that momentarily. Uh, and I guess BJ Penn officially retired. Although yeah. uh, I mean, it's it's the secret that everybody knows about. So uh, we'll get to that in a second. In terms of Anna Bauer. Last week or so, you had mentioned that there was a challenge uh, that I wasn't aware of, but between Anna Bauer and, I, Bauer and I, whereas if something happened between us two, if I lost, I would have to curse throughout the podcast because everyone knows I don't like cursing in general, especially since I have my son uh, in the next room. That's what I was mentioning before, ladies and gentlemen. My son is homesick, uh, doing great. He's, he's okay. He's just hacking along, basically, just coughing nonstop, but uh, he's in his room right now. I think he might be watching the podcast right now or – Netflix cartoons. Those are those are <laughs> right now. Uh, so he may be in and out of this uh, my office here in a moment. But uh, and if Anna Bauer wins or sorry loses, she, she can't has curse. To, she can't curse. Apparently, she curses a lot. I understand. Oh, all the time. The joke <laughs> is that she gets us demonetized all the time. Oh my goodness. Uh, oh my goodness. Go. Anna. Anna. So what is this competition between Anna and I? I don't know. I had to fill out the fightful mania hypothetical <laughs> card. Okay. Uh, I mean. Alex Palowski and Jeff Hawkins have to compete in a barbed wire beach ball match. That'd be sick. Yeah, right? Right? And that would be sick. That's, that's what I'm saying. And I think I'm just going to uh, – I'd have to find an opponent for myself. I have to find one for Jimmy Van for Fightful Mania. One day, I'm, I'm optimistic that Jimmy Van will run a, a Fightful Wrestling event. Oh, my. That wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Can I have uh, Elias Theodore step in for me? Well, I mean, he's going to be on the card no matter what. Maybe you can manage him. That's it. I'm in. I'm in. I'll manage Elias. Guaranteed. Yeah, so uh, lots to talk about. Uh, Elias had some interesting stuff to say via – well, when, when doesn't he have interesting yeah. stuff to say on, on Twitter? I mean, that that's, guy why, that's why UFC fire. has him run their Twitter account sometimes. Yeah, yeah. He's just – he's crazy. Do you see all his uh, ring boy stuff or octagon boy stuff or cage boy stuff? Brilliant. That guy's brilliant. He is. People think it's 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 you know they're ripping him apart, and I'm like, get over it, man. Idiots. Get over it. Just oh my god, bunch of idiots that won't make money for walking around a cage. Yeah, right. Like Elias is just he's always got something crazy going on. He's got a lot of projects, by the way, a lot of projects. Yeah. Um, sometimes when I try and get a hold of him, it's in, it takes him a day or two to reply. But he's just he's my kind of guy, man. He's a hard worker. Uh, you know, and the harder you work, the more success you're going to have. Doesn't mean every project is going to take off. I'm living proof of that. I've yeah. got so many projects. I mean, I've got three big ones right now that are doing very, very well. Um, but there's some that I've had before, Sean. You know, it's just Jimmy knows. 
They don't always work. Exactly. Right? But you got to hustle. You got to hustle. All right. UFC 222. Actually, before we get to the topics, is there anything you want to discuss real quick? I'm ready for UFC 222. I thought this was a third straight week of fun sh- of a fun UFC show. Uh, that was that was really good. Also, Friday worth mentioning, Darian Caldwell put down the Pitbull protege. He looked very good in doing so. So uh, that's one to watch out for. But this show was just a lot of fun, and I think that out of this show, we have a few options for Chris Cyborg, who did exactly what Chris Cyborg does. Yana Kunitskaya can take it to her grave that she took down Chris Cyborg and won a couple of minutes of that fight by pressing her up against the cage, and that's it. But when Cyborg hits women, it's you might as well hit them with a ball bat because that's how they react. It's like, not that I've hit any women with ball bats or anything. I wouldn't know that that's how they react, but that's how I would imagine that they would react. I just it's, thought it was funny. The commentators, uh, who was it, Rogan and... Um... DC? Cormier, yeah. Cormier, like, oh my gosh, she took her down. I was like, guys, she got dropped. It was an right emergency, mouth, yeah. And she was like, I'm taking this one. And, and Cyborg was like, what are you doing? Oh, oh, whoa, I'm on the ground. Yeah, whoa, by what's... the time that she figured, that was like maybe, you could count on one hand maybe the number of low singles like that that have taken somebody down. And I think it was because Cyborg was just a little more surprised than anything. And I mean, that was probably, I said right before the fight, like, that's Yana Kunitskaya's best opportunity because Holly Holm was able to muscle around Cyborg a little bit during their fight, which is was surprising to me. But now you've got this situation where Chris Cyborg's here, she's ready. But there are three possible opponents for her, I think. Uh, one, obviously, I, I think there's three. Amanda Nunes, obviously, is the one. That's the one you should do. They haven't officially announced Pennington versus Nunez yet. So I would scrap it. Just scrap it. Okay. Go with Cyborg Nunez if if that can happen. Option oh, yeah, number, yeah, okay. Option number two, Megan Anderson, obviously. Who, by the way, is her and Laura Sanko, like their their post show reviews are blowing up now. They do a great job. They have like their own post shows and stuff now. It's awesome. Very, very good stuff. I wanted to give her a shout out for that. She is a legit one forty five er. And there's a woman, Caitlin Vieira, who won on this show is a big, big bantamweight. I mean, she is the size of Cyborg. She's five foot eight. She's got that reach. She is undefeated, ten and zero, with her last two wins in the division being Kat Zingano, Sarah McMahon. If you are in contention at one thirty five, you are automatically also in contention at one forty five. So you could argue that a Marion Renault could be there too. Like there are a lot of interchangeable options. I just don't think that Raquel Pennington would would be an option because. For a long time, people suggested, based on her body type and her her dimensions, that she would drop to 125. But as she told James Lynch, she's not doing that. So I see three, maybe four options if you're really stretching for one. And as we know, the UFC often does stretch for opponents for Chris Cyborg. Her last two are Tanya Evinger and Yana Kuniskaya. Now granted, they were supposed to be... Uh, to to Cyborg's credit, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna poo poo her for fighting those women because those opponents were supposed to be Megan Anderson and likely Amanda Nunes. What happened was the Max Holloway thing shifted so much. They needed a title fight, so they put Cyborg uh, right here. And I I think it's I think you've got a few options for Cyborg, but uh, I would I would do the Nunes fight while you can. Also, Kat Zingano lost. Uh, I don't want to say I'm glad that she lost, but I'm glad that I don't have to hear her name when people bring up potential contenders because she had not won since before her first title opportunity against Ronda Rousey. So she is out of both of those conversations. 
Yeah, did was it me or did Katzagon look almost awkward the way she was competing with every with her footwork and it was very uh, Gumby esque her footwork and her stand up. Nice you know what I'm kicks. saying? That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a nice body kick. I think it was in the first round, the body kick that went underneath the right arm and basically was right to the to the rib cage and a little bit lower, maybe where the floating rib was. I'm like, you need to keep doing that. You need to keep doing that. Um, just real yeah. quick, speaking of the ladies, uh, shout out to Bunny as a party, who gave me this shirt a while ago. Uh-huh. Uh, follow follow Bunny online. One of the most beautiful women you will ever meet. One of the most motivational women you ever meet. She lives in a household with her husband and three boys, Ooh. and she is the alpha in that house she says she's not but i believe she is she runs that ship uh one of the kindest human beings you'll ever meet she actually lives on the other side of uh toronto so uh everybody lives in toronto jimmy get me out to toronto just relocate me yeah bunny's good but um i like your idea of caitlin Vieira potentially being you know that, that fourth option for cyborg but that amanda nunez fight has to take place i mean sorry it doesn't has to take place to me, it's the one that makes the most sense. It's the one that um, not just the hardcore fans will, will, will watch, but they could sell it. They could sell that fight big time outside of that hardcore bubble because it's two athletes. Yeah. Chris Cyborg, arguably the greatest women's fighter of all time, uh, taking on Amanda Nunes, the 135-pound champion, fellow Brazilian, the woman who, who sent Ronda Rousey to the WWE. There's so many yeah. different ways that you could promote this fight, and it's a legit scrap because Amanda Nunes, in my opinion, might be the most talented fighter Cyborg has faced in a long time. I know Holly Holm is. Holly Holm's fantastic, but... Amanda Nunes is something else. I would love to see that fight. I would argue that her competition over the last year has been the best competition that Chris Cyborg has ever fought because I think Tanya Ebinger is better than most of the women that Cyborg fought throughout her career. And now you're seeing Chris Cyborg fight often. Like it's we're not we're not taking a bunch of time in between fights. I mean, good God, since last July, she's fought Ebinger Home and Kunitskaya. That and now you can say what you want about Avenger and Kunitskaya, but that's about like six, seven months, and she fit three fights in there. Hats off to Cyborg. I'll give her credit for that. You know, I'm quick to criticize her and the way her social media handles things sometimes, but she's been she's been rocking the shit lately. Also, uh, rocking the shit was Brian Ortega. <laughs> Man, he got himself he got himself a title fight. I it, it's there's okay, so I'm gonna be obviously aging myself or dating myself it's it's a challenge for me to see guys who i've known since day one that since they got to the ufc and a guy like frankie edgar uh, a guy that i've spent tons of time with from in 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 jersey and in new york uh in bahrain we were in bahrain with henzo gracie and shorty torres and lex mcmahon and you know someone that that you know we can go back and forth via text or whatever uh to see him go down like that the way he did uh, is heartbreaking for me to watch because now there's that generation of fighters that, you know, when I was in my real heyday there at the UFC events, every single UFC pay-per-view, guys that I got to know very well, you know, they, they're they eventually coming up against these young lions and, and Brian Ortega, my goodness, is that guy something else. That guy there is yeah. just absolutely, he is, he's a beauty. He is a sight to behold. The calmness, I mean, he fought Frankie Edgar for less than a round, four minutes and 44 seconds, Sean. And the composure that this kid has and just I'm here to do a job. Uh, Obviously, he's turned his life around. He's gone through some hardship. Uh, You know, I think he's a great role model. Um, 
but you tell me. You tell me. What did you think, A, of the performance, which I'm sure you're going to be positive about. But is this guy really a challenge for Max Holloway? Is Max Holloway in that much trouble? Well, that's, that's tough to say because, the well, I don't know that if Max Holloway doesn't want to go to the ground, it probably isn't going to the ground because that's just the way that he fights. But I don't know that he's going to be able to handle an uppercut like that if, if it connects because that's one of the best uppercuts I've ever seen. That that and Francis Ngannou over the past several months is just just a magical series of uppercuts. So, but will Holloway allow that to happen? Well, it's tough to say that he won't if a Frankie Edgar didn't allow or allow that to happen. Because if you watch Frankie Edgar's head movement and his footwork on that show, like I'm not saying that everybody else's was bad, but his is so good that it made everybody else's look bad on this UFC <laughs> show. That's yeah. just. Like if you watch put put a Mackenzie Dern fight next to Frankie Edgar. Now Frank Mackenzie Dern got it done, but the, her head was on a line the entire time. Frankie Edgar's was not, and Brian Ortega didn't care. Elbow uppercut, the head kick too. Finish. That is this is some new blood, and I, I love Frankie Edgar, and I know that you've interviewed Frankie Edgar tons of times. I've seen the interviews on across Sportsnet and Fightful and everything, but. Uh, Ortega is the new blood, and he proved that he could be a little versatile in, in doing so. 27 years old, facing a champion who's even younger than him, I believe, in Max Holloway. So, Is Max younger? Oh, yeah. I think Max is like 25. Oh, my goodness. Holy smokes. What can we have here with these two gentlemen? Okay, he's 26, rather. 26. Just turned 26. Dude, they're the same age, pretty much. I mean, it's it's stupid for me to say, but I'm going to say it anyways. I mean, there is fight, there's a rematch, there's a trilogy at this age. Yeah. Like, we're talking about these two guys are about to run this featherweight division. Um, oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. I'm looking forward to this. I didn't realize that. Okay, cool. Interesting. All right. Get her done, boys. There was a lot that left me excited out of the show. Sean O'Malley, but uh, what didn't excite me was Andre Sukumtoth's game plan. And he's been offend like he's went on the offensive on Twitter, and I'm like, no man, you're gonna have to answer to this forever. Uh, Sean O'Malley injured his foot in the third round, and Andre Sukumtop took him down. Joe, this is particularly offensive, I think, as far as fight IQ and all that stuff, because what Andre Sukumtop had to do was literally nothing. All he had to do was walk to the other end of the cage and say. Come and get me. Because by the time O'Malley made it to the end, other end of the cage, the fight was going to be stopped. Because he would have had to hop over on one leg and the referee would have said, No, you don't, buddy. You're cooked. You're done. Instead, what Sukumtot did was take him down, allowed O'Malley to hit a spinning elbow on one foot, and uh, Sean O'Malley gave us one of the most unique post-fight interviews of all time. So one of the tweets that I was mentioning uh, regarding Elias was, I mean, Elias doesn't go out of his way to rip people apart on social media unless it's someone taking a shot at him, and he's always got a witty comeback. Uh, one thing he doesn't like to do, doesn't often do, is rip apart fellow fighters mm -hmm. because you know he respects anyone and everyone that has to step in uh, to, a, to a fighting surface, especially in the UFC, so he's rather complimentary. In fact, he's been accused of defending too many people. He took a shot at Andre. He took a shot at Andre and his fight IQ because 
what ended up happening is Saturday I was unavailable to watch the show live. So I set up my my phone to receive specific tweets or information yeah. to let me know what's happening. And one of those is always Fightful MMA and Sean Ross Sapp. Yeah. And sometimes I'll see Sean Ross Sapp going through a bunch of things and I'm like, oh, Sean's just going off on someone. Someone did something stupid or a judge did something stupid, whatever. And then I start seeing the, the Sukumtoth stuff. And then I'm, Elias' stuff comes up. And I'm like, what just happened in this fight? This looks dumb. So I, you know, the next morning, as, as, as anyone that watch, sees my Instagram match, Showdown Joe, I posted on my storyline, hey, man, Sunday morning research. Got to watch my UFC. <laughs> so I'm watching the UFC, and I'm watching this fight. And like you said, it's almost insulting to high-level mixed martial arts or mixed martial arts in general or a fight in general that involves a referee, the ability to stop a fight. And to see a guy whose foot has – now, I know that I keep defending guys, Sean, that they've been whacked in the head too many times. By the time they get to the third round, their decision-making isn't really there. That is something you need to know. That is something you need to read. That is something you need to see when you're in a mixed martial arts fight to know that, dude, this my opponent's foot is broken or he can't even walk. And my corner is yelling at me, dude, get away from him. Stand up, stand up, stand up. And you continue – to fight, that's a bit of a problem. That's an issue. That is, a, a, um, you know, and I've talked about Fight IQ before. Misha Tate against Ronda Rousey. The one oh, time, yeah. why are you taking her down? You're beating I, her in the stand-up. I saw a preview from Jordan Breen where he actually pointed out before this. He's like, yeah, Sukumtoth shoots himself in the foot. A lot. I mean, he shot Sean O'Malley in the foot. Then said, you know what? That's not good enough. Then shot himself in the foot. You know, like... You have to be able to recognize that. And at some point, like, I mean, what do you do if you're the corner, Sean? If you're in his corner and the kid's not listening to you, like, how frustrating is that? Like, what are you doing? We have this fight. We've just won this fight. And we've got, what, four and a half minutes? Walk away. Step away. Oh, like, it's just, it's, you cost yourself a fight. I mean, it was a split decision. Was it a split decision? No, it was a unanimous decision for, for O'Malley. But my goodness, like, you're in the UFC. You should know better. I agree. I'm with you. Andre Arlovsky earned himself probably four more UFC fights. <laughs> <laughs> at least. At least. Heavyweight. Heavyweight division, right? Yeah, he's won two in a row there now. Good good for him. Uh, Caitlin Vieira defeated Kat Zingano. We already talked about that. Mackenzie Dern defeated Ashley Yoder. This was back and forth. It was a fun fight to watch. But then in that third round that, that like was the deciding round, Mackenzie Dern gets Ashley Yoder down, and you just know, well, this is over one way or another. Either Mackenzie Dern is going to submit Ashley Yoder, or Mackenzie Dern is going to smother Ashley Yoder. Like that's it, and that's exactly yeah. what happened. But you, um, are you surprised with the with you know the way Mackenzie went into this fight and how you know she she could have had better options for the takedowns, um, especially through the clinch. Right, I think it would have been much wiser for her to, to continue to clinch and, and use use her hips correctly, uh, or differently. Excuse me, um, because once she gets down to the ground, who's who, who at strawweight yeah. is going to be able to, to to take care of that? Well, even when she's on her back, that's a benefit of her. Yeah, is what I was going to say. She can go for like some trips and like sling people down to the ground and end up in what are often considered disadvantageous positions because she's so good at that. And there are no overwhelmingly strong wrestlers at women's straw weight. Like, do I think that Carla Esparza would have a lot for her? I, I Maybe, maybe because of her MMA experience. But as far as I'd pure like grappling. I'd like to see that fight. Yeah, as far as pure grappling, 
Mackenzie Dern is going to keep fighting the Ashley Oders of the world, and she did fine. I thought she did fine. Uh, the judging or was not fine. I can't believe one person gave that to Yoder, and uh, I guess it's I guess <laughs> it's no funny. surprise. Adelaide Bird in the house. Yeah, yeah, Alex, yeah. Alex Hernandez uh, defeated Benil Dariush. What did you think of running out and <laughs> not touching gloves? Doing like the faint. I believe uh, the kids nowadays call that douchebag itis or something of that nature. I mean, that's that's a, a jerk move, man. I'm sorry, that's a complete and utter jerk move. I mean, do you yeah. disagree or agree? I mean, it's no, just... I, I agree. I agree completely. It's the type of thing you do in a video game, not in real life. But he got the win over Benio Dariush. Of course, a great he... win, by the way. Yeah, great hell win. of a win. Forty-two but... seconds. Dariush yeah. gets knocked out by a lot of people he shouldn't get knocked out by too, and not not to say that he shouldn't get knocked out by Alex Hernandez because I, you know, maybe he should. But there you go. I, I'm look, look look Hernandez is good. I mean, he was supposed to fight a, a, a was it the Legacy Show? Yeah, he was supposed to fight. A, he was already training, so he was ready to go. The kid's good. He's got fantastic skills, uh, and I can't wait to see him compete again. I just think that what he did at the beginning of that fight was uncalled for. It's completely uncalled too. for. Be a better person than that. Sorry, go ahead. Here's why I really want uh, your insight. CB Dalloway defeated Hector Lombard via DQ. Okay, so there are a couple things. Lombard threw the combo, and he kind of started the combo around the time the horn blew. And if you really slow it down, the horn is still blowing as he's throwing that last punch. The referee called time, did not physically separate the two. If you see that combo, you kind of see why the referee wouldn't want in the middle of them. Dalloway was knocked out. He was done. He wasn't going to fight again. Fight's over. Fight's over no matter what at that point. Good, bad, indifferent. C.B. Dalloway about 10 minutes later is still milking it though. <laughs> Saying, what happened? I'm like, man, you've been awake for 10 minutes. You know what happened. Somebody's told you by now. But Dalloway gets the DQ win. What are your thoughts on uh, on that situation and how that unfolded? He's not. Hey, he's not in camera view. We get that. We got the side of the kid. Hold on. Hold on. Come here. Did your did did is this the one who won via DQ recently uh, after he soccer kicked the kid? Yeah. Did you remember when you got into that little bit of a scrap at school? You took care of that kid that was two years older than you. You still play with him? No, you don't. You're denying it. You did You show what sure you got on today. Where are we going after this? We're going to the Raptors game. All oh, right. the Raptors are good this year. What, what is with this? All right, Daddy's going to finish this, this show here, and then we're going to talk. We're going to chill out. Yeah? Okay, thanks for coming by. Oh. Um, I just want to make sure he's uh, not hacking <laughs> away. He's not hacking away, which is good. Um, so you think C.B. Dalloway deserves an Oscar? Well, for, for – well. I don't know about an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, but he, you're saying he's milking it. I think, but he was I, he was knocked out. I just think he was milking it a little bit. Oh yeah, he was rocked. He was rocked big. I can't believe my son just denied beating the crap at a kid two years older than him. Um, uh, Hector Lombard deserved to be disqualified. He's he's appealing it. You can't appeal that man. You just you can't be throwing punches. I'm not saying you have to stop punching at four minutes and fifty nine seconds of a round, but if you decide to throw a punch at four minutes and fifty nine seconds of a round, you do run the risk of being disqualified. You just have to know that. You just have to understand that. Uh, I know Hector's saying that CB didn't want to fight him afterwards, and blah blah. A real man would have came out, and it, no, no, dude, he, he got absolutely cuckooed. 
Like it was just an absolute dummy. It was a great punch that was landed. Unfortunately, you had four minutes and 59 seconds uh, to land that type of punch beforehand. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think the disqualification was fair. Can you make the argument that it wasn't intentional to do that after the bell? Yes. Was it an intentionally thrown punch or combination to hurt your opponent? Yes. Was it designed to be thrown after the bell? You can make the argument no. But he threw it at four or at five minutes or 501. So, you know, and it tagged your opponent. And your opponent's now completely concussed, unable to continue. It co- you cost yourself the fight. So yeah. you cost yourself the disqualification. So I believe the right call was made. Uh, it's unfortunate for Hector Lombard, but. You know, uh, and CB Dalloway, I think, was sincerely rocked. But I, you could tell, especially on the stretcher, when he kept saying, "What happened? What happened? What happened?" I don't know if it takes that long yeah. to be rocked. Somebody been, has told yeah. him what has happened at yeah. this point. Yeah. So it, it is what it is. It's unfortunate for Hector Lombard, but who knows where he goes from here? But uh, I, I do want. Can I go back to Mackenzie Dern for just one second? Because you know yeah. your catches, catch can wrestling, especially takedowns. Uh, one of the things Damian Maya told me a long, long time ago up in London, Ontario. Uh, he did a seminar there. He did a gi and a no gi seminar there, where I was blessed, blessed to not only uh, we did a, we did a mock MMA fight for Sportsnet. Um, where the dude picked me up. Do you know how strong he is? He picked yeah. me up. At the time, I was around 190 pounds. I was about 20 pounds heavier than I am now. He picked me up with a double leg as if I was a piece of paper and tried to throw me over the cage. Right? This is cool. at Hominix Gym. Hominix Gym, Adrenaline MMA. Uh, and then I had the pleasure of uh, actually rolling with him, gi and no gi. I mean, it's, it's highlight, bucket list stuff. Uh, un- unbelievable. But the one thing he told me, Sean, he goes, sometimes when you're working for a takedown um, – you don't get points for a beautiful Matt. At the time he called it Matt Hughes takedown. You don't get points, extra points in the judge's eyes uh, by just you know this beautiful, excellent entry, hip to the side, turn the legs over. He goes sometimes accidental takedowns is all you need, and he's the master of accidental takedowns. And when I see someone of Mackenzie Dern's talent, especially on the ground, I think you need to work those accidental takedowns where they don't look pretty. Yes. But the bottom line is, Sean, you end up on the mat. Where you a want lot, to and I mean, a lot of people have made good careers out of not having the best takedown skills, but having excellent scrambling skills as well. So you have that too. Uh, also on this show, Mike Pyle bid adieu in about two and a half minutes. Brian Caraway, his relevance essentially bid adieu in my opinion, even though he's still uh, ranked fairly well in the division. Uh, Cody Stamen, I thought did did a great job against. Uh, Brian Caraway. Somehow, you got Caraway ranked number nine still. Stamen ranked number twelve. Doesn't make any sense to me. Whatever. Uh, Brian Caraway looked really, really slow on the feet, but then he would shoot these lat- lightning fast single and double legs, and I was like, damn. Well, he's he's still gonna beat some people with that because they were really, really fast. So fast that when Cody Stamen stopped him, I was even more impressed after that first round. But that's what we got on UFC 222. I thought it was a very fun show. Yeah, it, uh, it's funny you mentioned the Brian Caraway Stamen fight. It's actually behind this window uh, where the live chat is at the top right of my screen. I'm like, you're dummy, Joey. That's the one fight you didn't watch and the uh, Jordan Johnson fight. So, oops, my bad. That fight wasn't uh, very good. That fight wasn't very good. The Johnson uh, fight? Yeah, I didn't like it. All right. Didn't like Do you recommend it. I watch the Stamen Caraway fight? I'm probably going to anyways. I mean, just not it's, right now. it's just worth it to watch a couple of top 15 guys, yeah. 
Okay, I'll watch it. Uh, well, I can't tonight, as I mentioned. Uh, Raptors game. One of my clients gifted uh, my wife, my son, and myself some Raptors tickets against the Hawks tonight. So should be fun. See, the unfortunate thing is it looks like if I'm in Toronto, it's during the summer, which, I mean, I love to watch. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Blue Jays games, but I'm a big NBA fan too, so I want to I want to catch a Raptors game sometime. That Blue Jays game that you attended, you brought oh us boy. some sick luck. That well, was a ninth inning or, or were, extra inning slam. There were three walk offs in the week that I was there. I think like three over the course yeah, of a week. Think, yeah, it was, that was, it was, it was insane. Uh, yeah. Guys, our own James Lynch at FightfulMMA.com. Make sure you all head over there. We got all your news, uh, interviews, podcasts, all that stuff. Interviewed a pretty big name today, actually last night. Sent us the footage. Our boy Kevin Lee. Take a listen. There's no easy fights in the lightweight division, man. You got another tough fight here in Edson Barbosa. Great matchup, but he's got the 19-5 and record. How do you feel like you match up against him? I feel like it's a good fight. I said it from the beginning. You know, I had a lot of options in this, and Edson was, was right up there with the top of him. Uh, I, I feel like Edson was the best option because he, he was the toughest fight. Uh, I mean, Edson... The, hands down been the best striker at lightweight uh, for years now. You know, the only one other one you could say was Anthony Pettis, and he beat Anthony pretty pretty decisively. So, I mean, it, it's the best striker in the division. It's it's the it's the the biggest challenge out there for me. And the folks know I love a challenge. I'm not one of these guys that kind of sit back and just look for the money fight or, or look for an easy fight and get an easy win or try and try and rebuild my confidence. I want to hop right back in there with the shark. And that's and that's is up there. And I feel like my style matches up really good against him uh and i'm uh, he's he's the type of guy that i'm gonna be able to show off some new some new things in my game and i i, I promised the folks a brand new uh motile phenom when i come back and that's what i'm gonna give to him do you feel like the fight he had with khabib do you feel like maybe heading into this one you're catching him at a good time just because that was a pretty big beat down i mean a lot of guys wouldn't have survived that that's true and i mean he didn't take a lot of a lot of time off after that but Ed's has been around the game for a long time you know he's got a lot of fights so I'm looking at it. He was doing good in that fight. You know, Khabib, Khabib just kind of charged for it. Khabib just kind of tanked him over. Uh, I mean, you got to give it to Khabib for, for doing his job. But, I mean, I, I feel like it's going to – there's two ways that that can play out. It could either make Edson, Edson go into a shell or it could really – you know, his next fight can be the big standout. And, I, and I'm either one of those is a win-win for me. You know, if it's a big standout for him, if he's trying to make a statement, then we're going to put on a great fight for the fans. 
If not, then I'm going to run his ass over way way more than a Russian tank, I'll tell you that. <laughs> for sure. We um, built American over here. Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm for the D. As far as uh, training partners, is it just the usual guys that you normally work with in Vegas, or are you bringing anyone else in uh, specifically for Barbosa? Uh, well, I, I know Anthony Pettis will be out here a little bit uh, in Vegas. Vegas is, you know, you kind of got a constant uh, – uh, influx of guys that are coming in and out you know yeah yeah rodriguez just moved here uh great kicker uh one kick nicks is 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 the top muay thai gym in in the in uh the united states i've been doing a lot of my training over there that's where a lot of my sparring partners are going to be coming from you know i got anthony Nijigawani who had a great fight with him his brother chidi uh there there's a couple of other muay thai fighters over there that i'm using too so i, I feel like i've got i've got a good stable of guys that that i'm able to use that that can really replicate that style but in the end, it's just going to be me going out there, and I'm going to get the job done. I'm going to whoop this boy's ass. That's why I took the fight. As soon as they offered it to me, uh, my face kind of lit up because it's a big challenge, but I'm going to whoop that boy's ass. Tell me. I heard you uh, ran into Michael Chess at the Performance Institute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I've seen Mike around here a couple of times. I ran into him this morning. I got done training. Uh, as I'm training... He's walking by and, and, and tries to flip me off. He's flipping you off. I, I know. That's I what wave. he told me. <laughs> I, I wave to him. I wave to his girl behind him. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't know what the dude's butthurt about. You know, I seen him at the fights the other day. He's still butthurt. He won't look me in the eyes. Uh, it's a weird situation. He's a weird dude. Uh, but what can I do? I'm really excited to see Kevin Lee back in the cage again, especially after that performance. He very well could be the UFC interim lightweight champion right now, if not for that staff infection, and it's unfortunate. And he's not moving to welterweight. He's fighting Edson Barboza, who is the ultimate test to stay relevant in that division, in my opinion, uh, without being put into a title fight. I'm very excited for that fight. Uh, you think? Yeah. I mean, you started off your your vocalization with very excited to see Kevin Lee come back. Dude, we all are. Like, that guy there is awesome. He's fantastic. I thought that interview was very candid. Not candid. It was very nice with him and James. And it's going smooth. And James had to throw in the Michael Chiesa stuff. <laughs> and then there's the Kevin Lee that we all know saying Michael Chiesa is butthurt and stuff like that. So, I uh, yeah, I love Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee's a good dude. Uh, crazy at times. Um, but yeah, I got tons of time for him. I got time. I mean, Kess is a weird dude anyways. I mean, I had my time with him as well. So, but, uh, Kevin Lee's good and I, I'm looking forward to this Barbosa fight. We'll see what's going to happen, but I can tell you this. I mean, you tell me if the game plan, uh, or the somewhat surface level game plan for Barbosa is just to bully him, bully him. Bully him until he he starts moving backwards, and once you move him backwards, you go in for that takedown, and you control him. Now, Kevin Lee is not Habib Nurmagomedov. Sorry, Kev. Uh, Nurmagomedov is is arguably the best pound-for-pound um, ground specialist in terms of ground and pound in the sport today. I mean, the, the only person I could think of that was better at the time uh, would have been Fedor back in the day. Yeah. Fedor and Pride. I mean, Habib Nurmagomedov is just ruthless. Uh, with his ground and pound. So if there, th that's, I mean, you tell me, Sean, is that not the game plan that you want to take against Edson Barbosa? Close the distance, oh, be yeah. the bully, bully him, take him down, and control him. Well, you definitely don't want to eat too many of those life-changing leg kicks. That's that's the thing. You can't eat too many of those because no, you may never be the same afterwards. But that that is a high-level main event that I think that a good one for FS1 as well. 
Mirko Krokop headed to Bellator. He was one of the first people suspended by USADA. He headed over to Japan, didn't wait it out at all. And now he's coming back. But uh, he's fighting overseas in England. So <clears throat> maybe no, I don't, I don't know the status of athletic commissions in that area and how that, that works out and what they recognize and what they don't recognize. But ultimately, really, USADA doesn't, I mean, they, you can go elsewhere and fight. That's just that. Frank Mir was a little bit of a different situation. They let him out, but he had to fulfill his suspension, essentially, before he was permitted to fight again. What do you think about Krokop to Bellator? I love them throwing him in there with Roy Nelson. Why not? Yeah, I think it sucks. I can't call the fight. I mean, uh, good for good for Krokop. Uh-huh. Good for Roy. Good for Bellator. Very happy. Uh, I just hope it's not Mirko's last fight because I want, I want to put that on my you know, that, that little feather in my cap that I might be able to call his final fight ever uh, in Ryzen uh, at the Grand Prix. I don't know if they're going to do it or, or the New Year's Eve show. Yeah. Uh, I still don't know if they're doing two shows at the end of the year. I know they're doing one for sure. That just goes without saying. Um, but uh, I, I like it. You know, I like it. And if Mirko can be Mirko, the same Mirko that I've seen over at Ryzen, Roy Nelson could be in big trouble. Like, it's just, you know, Krokop is just on another level. Uh, I know we joke about it all the time that they don't test in Japan. They technically do. Uh, they're just not USADA tests, but they do test in Japan. Uh, and the fighters are told ahead of time, you will be tested. Um, it's a little bit different, but I like it. I think it's great for Bellator. Uh, I think it's great for Krokop, and it's it's great for Roy. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that we're looking at Bellator in terms of what are they doing with a lot of these fighters in the UFC that you know have basically sort of had uh, PED issues and have now left the UFC and are now competing in Bellator. Uh, and Bellator is now, if you don't, I mean, let's be honest for a second. Bellator is going to start getting some major, uh, you know, people are going to be looking through their scope, Sean. Yeah. You guys better do something with your testing now. You better start figuring this out. I think Bellator is going to have to turn this around uh, pretty soon because if they start getting some more coverage or some more eyeballs on their product, people, mainstream media is going to want to ask, hey, man, why is the UFC doing it and you're not? Yeah, this it's just – and Bellator does have the money to do it because they're backed by Viacom. But the thing is, do they make enough money to do it? Do they make enough money to responsibly do it? Because, like, I can I can say this: the people who run Fightful have plenty of money. I mean, they're they're in no shortage of it. But you have to be responsible in allocating assets and what you put into a Fightful because you got to make sure it makes back what you're putting in. So that's the same thing for Bellator. Uh, speaking of Daring Caldwell, beat Leandro Higo very quickly uh, at, on Friday night at Bellator. He's looking real good. He's teasing fighting another Pitbull brother, of course. Why not? But <laughs> he says that right now he's sticking at 135, and he is somebody to watch. His body type is special for that division as well. He looked really good. Yeah, I mean, he's got he's got skills. I mean, uh, I, I like how he called out the, the UC Bantamweights, uh, but... You know, is he good enough te- technically to compete with the TJ Dillashaws uh, or the, the Cody Garbrands? Maybe, but those guys are on different levels right now, in my opinion. I mean, that's just—I don't know. I mean, Caldwell's fast, uh, very explosive. Uh, apparently, has a very, very tight choke. If he grabs you by the neck, um, I didn't think Higo would go out like that, but he did. Um, sorry, do you want this? There you go. 
Um, sorry, he needs just some some water. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think Caldwell. I mean, do you think Caldwell's on that level? No, not on that level. But I think he would be probably a top ten, top fifteen. Oh yeah, bell, uh, in uh, UFC. Uh, another guy who went down the other day, Mamed Khalidov. That doesn't happen very often. My God, that was that was a shocker to me. And it, and the line wasn't that different. What he's been doing is taking these catchweight super fights in KSW with their welterweight champion and now with their light heavyweight champion. And he got downed. And this is a guy who is often considered one of the greatest fighters to never fight in the UFC. Yeah. It's a little surprising to me, to be honest with you, but it, it, it comes with MMA, man. It just comes with the territory. There's there's going to come a time one day when one Especially when you're 38 years old. Or yeah. 37. Eventually, you're going to get caught. Right, that's just the bottom line. Eventually, you're going to get caught. Over 40 fights in, and uh, he's fighting guys like Mikel Falco and Brett Cooper, Sakurai, Manhoof, Kendall Grove, Lindland, Jesse Taylor, James Irvin. So he's fought guys who are on the UFC level and UFC caliber. But uh, he started his career three and three, and since then has went 31 two and two. That is impressive, and he's fought uh, a lot of good guys. So uh, that was that was a bit of a shock to me. Also, BJ Penn retiring, saying that he's done. Now, I knew that he had not been in the USADA testing pool since his last fight, or at least hadn't been tested by uh, USADA, so I can't say he's not in the pool. But generally, if you're in the pool, you're getting tested at least once a quarter. He has not been tested since the middle of last year, so... He did it unceremoniously, I, and, that's, and that's probably the way you should do it. You shouldn't do it right after a fight when you're emotional. I mean, we've seen how many guys over the last few years retire in the cage and then come right back. Well, you're one of the first guys that's ever said, don't make that call. Wait, wait. You know, it's something that I've seen over the years where it's just like, don't do it in your post-fight interview. I mean, and don't do it before the fight because you've already got one foot out the door. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I, I've seen guys that this will be my last fight. Are you going to go out in your shield? You're going to make a lot of mistakes. I mean, I, I remember when, when George St. Pierre fought Johnny Hendricks. He had already made that mental decision that he was done. He was out of the sport. That that whole lead up to that Johnny Hendricks fight, he said to me, was one of the worst things he had ever experienced. Uh, just the BS with the UFC and just the BS with Vada at the time. Vada was great to them, uh, but the way the, the UFC spun the story. So George was already out. And if you watch that Johnny yeah. Hendricks fight, people are always like, oh, Johnny Hendricks manhandled George St. Pierre. I'm like, when have you ever seen George St. Pierre compete like that? George's head was already out. He was already gone. I did emerge victorious, but he was just like, if I'm going to go out like this, you're knocking me out or I'm knocking you out which is the complete opposite of how George St. Pierre fights. So when I see guys say that they're on their way out, this will be their last fight, I hate hearing it, man. Don't tell anybody. Just go and, just go and fight. Go and fight, then make your decision afterwards. Because life has a way, a different way of changing things, man. What if you say you retire and then you're offered, I don't know, Conor McGregor, right? Like, come on. So lots of guys in the live chat uh, giving us shout-outs, giving us a lot of props, giving us a lot of respect, Sean. They, lo- they love your work. Uh, you're underappreciated. Uh, shout-out to me. That I am. That I am. <laughs> they want me to share some crow cop stories at Ryzen. Don't to tell you the guy's a legend. The guy's an absolute be- him, me, Frank himself, uh, a new guy that he's got coming up, a young guy uh, who he believes is going to be the future at heavyweight coming up. We had lots of stories up on the second floor of the uh, at the time we stayed in at the Westin Tokyo, and what should have been a fifteen to twenty minute interview with Crow Cop ended up being an hour. You know, and it was just you know four or five guys just shooting the breeze. 
You know, all the other fighters can wait. This is Crow Cop, guys. Sorry. <laughs> We're not stopping until he stops. So oh, yeah. It's good. And then he wanted to do more afterwards. Like, Crow Cop couldn't stand doing interviews. And then he wanted to do yeah. more. Just hang out. Just hang out. Where are you guys going to eat? Where are you guys going for dinner? Where are you guys going for drinks? Blah, blah. Oh, he actually couldn't drink that night. So, uh, but in general, like, I mean, Crow Cop's just a good dude, you know, but you, he, he's human. You got to catch him on the right day, right? So. Bellator had another uh, signing in John Fitch. He's going to face Paul Daly. This is a guy who. It's a good signing. I mean, he's he's almost or he is forty years old, but he's he was the PFL WSOF welterweight champion, defeating Brian Foster, Jake Shields, Yushin Okami, and that's his last. That's three of his last four fights. So he's on that level to compete there. Although the way that he had said that he wanted to retire after one of his previous fights and citing brain damage, that that calls some of it into question. But from a talent perspective. A good signing for Bellator. Don't know if a lot of people will be clamoring to watch John Fitch fights. I remember when he got cut from the UFC and everybody was up in arms, and I was like, "You, you didn't like his fights. Like that's ultimately what the UFC cares about is if people like his fights." But a good signing from a talent perspective, I, I would estimate. Yeah, I, the only the only problem with Sean uh, or Sean with John Fitch was always the fact that I mean, Joe Silva said it publicly, pretty much like great fighter. Great wrestler doesn't finish when he has to, and it just goes on and on and on and on. It's you know it's going to be a fifteen minute fight. There was that one heavyweight who was a high level wrestler. I forgot who it was, um, but every time he fought, you know it was going to be a fifteen minute fight. It just there was not going to be a finish. Uh, the odds of there being a finish was rare, and and Fitch was one of those guys. Even when he was over at World Series of Fighting, where it was just. If he's going to fight, then, you know, you're sitting down for 15 minutes plus whatever the one minute in between and blah, blah, because he's just that's the type of fighter that he is. Uh, and, and, and in terms of fighting, there's nothing wrong with that. In terms of entertainment value, there's tons tons wrong with that. People just don't want to watch it. They don't want to sit there. They want to know some sort of unpredictability, Sean, that a fight could end at any time. Uh, with a John Fitch, as skilled wrestler as he was, yeah. it's, it's just not going to end. When a decade in between finishes. My God. My right? God. Uh, UFC rankings are out for uh, this week. A couple of uh, new names on there. Cody Stamen at number 12, even though the guy he beat is at number 9. That's in the bandweight division. Alexander Hernandez did pass up Benil Dariush. Dariush fell to 15. Alexander Hernandez won UFC fight, and he is 13th in the lightweight division. And that is doing something. He's up above Evan Dunham. Uh, yeah. Jordan Johnson, 3-0 and in the UFC's light heavyweight division. Not the most exciting guy, but he has debuted in that division. Maybe he'll get on the John Vellante, Tyson Pedro, Blahovich, Cummins carousel. And even though he didn't fight, Shamil Abdurakimov is top 15 in the heavyweight division. So we got, got a couple of things there. And Caitlin Vieira hopped Jermaine Durandamy and is now number four. I don't know why Ronda Rousey's still ranked. She's still number 13 <laughs> there. We will talk about her uh, in in a bit, but... Any thoughts on some of these new names in the rankings? Uh, do you really want to talk about the whole Caraway Stamen debacle there? Like, come on, he beat him. Yep. Like, come and on. That we know of, Brian Caraway has pulled out of or turned down at least 10 fights you know. in his UFC run. That we know of, that is documented with him admitting that, that somebody that he turned down a fight or that he pulled out or somebody going on record and saying that, that he rejected a fight with them. So my God, man, like I feel for the guy. I'm sure he, 
Losing to Misha Tate's never easy on you, I'm sure. But, my God, it was his first fight in two years, and he lost. And, like I said, that, that quick shot of his will win him some fights in that division. Because his shot, it looked real, real good the other night. But Cody Stanton came it. prepared. I'm going to watch it. I'm definitely going to watch. It. I got listen. I got love for Caraway. Great guy uh, outside of the cage uh, in person. Uh, we did have our differences in the past. Obviously, it had to do with uh, uh, Misha. It is what it is. What happened? Uh, what happened? No, no, just no, no. It's just it was it was it was. I was contacting Misha for a bunch of things, uh, interviews and whatnot, and blah blah, and just you know how's things going and this this and that. And I guess he may have been. Uh, it's just girl. It's just girl at the time. Oh, come like, on. Why are you talking to my girl? I'm like, well, I'm not talking to your girl. That way, I'm, hey, you know, hey, and, media member, why are you talking to yeah. my famous girlfriend who could maybe get you some traffic on your website? Yeah, how he, dare you? Called me out right in my face, and I, I just responded back. I said, "This is the reason why," and you can take a look at all the messages here. And you know, it was cool. And then you know, we we hung out. I mean, Brian's like I'm telling you, Brian's a good dude, and well, I get sh- it. I'm sure maybe he is, but I'm just saying yeah. that's lame shit. That's lame <laughs> shit. Misha Tate is an adult. Was an adult. My God, my Listen, God! He could, he could have been joking. Maybe I didn't read it properly. Just being a, a funny dude. I was just kind of like, dude, I'm not hitting on your girl. It's not what I do. Kind of married, so yeah, behave myself. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, we had great conversation. We hung out at uh, at uh, I think it was a Portland Titan event. Uh, great time. And the, the thing is, though. Removing that personal aspect with Caraway, he hasn't competed in a long time. Obviously, he's gone through some stuff uh, with him and Misha parting ways. Uh, and then he competes against Cody, loses to Cody. I know it's a split decision, but the ranking should not reflect the fact that Caraway is above uh, Cody. Cody should be higher than him. I mean, that that's just some. Sometimes it do, that math doesn't always work, but sometimes it does, and I think this time it does. Yes, I would agree. Uh, Ronda Rousey has significantly improved, I think, on the microphone in her WWE run. She is taking to it well. I spoke to people backstage, wrestlers in particular, about herself. And uh, one went out of the way to say not only is she popular, Travis Brown is very popular backstage. And that uh, they're they're getting along very well with, with talent backstage. They're, they're knowing their place. They're doing everything well. Does that surprise you that... that Ronda Rousey and Travis Brown, who have sometimes rubbed people the wrong way outside of pro wrestling, are so, I I don't want to say universally adored backstage, but among those that I spoke to, they were. Uh, And taking a look at what I know of those two individuals outside of the UFC, uh, Travis Brown's my boy. He's hilarious. I mean, we're talking about a guy that picked me up in the streets of Denver, Colorado, and almost double-legged me, almost put me through a table at a sushi restaurant. This guy is one of the funniest dudes you will ever, ever meet. Ronda was always super cool back in the day. Uh, they are good peeps. Together, they're probably great peeps, and I could see it on their social media when I follow both of their accounts and take a look at what's happening uh, at the WWE shows, and you can see that they're well-loved, especially Travis. So I could see it. You know what? What fans generally see about fighters or about wrestlers or about athletes is generally through the media, through the the personal Instagrams or anything like that. You know, sometimes you need to see them when they're not posting or when they're not when they're not doing interviews or when there's not features being done on them. And just they're regular human beings, uh, and I can attest that you know. 
Travis is just a good dude. We were swapping you know, stories about our sons and uh, fishing and hunting. I'm not taking my son hunting. I'll take him fishing. That's for sure. Uh, but just in general sports, what you know, you know, obviously with my son being in soccer, being Canadian, uh, you know, there's hockey up here. Uh, he's talking about his kids in basketball. If you look at his Instagram, big, big behind his kids in basketball, right? Good dude. So I can see why the, the folks at WWE look at them, especially Travis backstage, and say, this, this guy's awesome. Cool dude, right? So I, I I get it, man. Totally cool. Well, we don't have any any fights to predict this week, I don't think, right? No, because the show's next Saturday, the seventeenth. Yeah, and it's I mean and I don't think Bellator has a show until next month, right? Uh Bellator is April sixth in Budapest. So enough of what we oh, think gallery, about yeah. Ronda Rousey in the WWE. <laughs> Let's hear what the pros think. That, that, that's all I'll say is, 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 you know, she's doing what she do, uh, and, and I never knock nobody's hustle. So best of luck to her. I'm not a huge wrestling guy, so, I mean, I don't really have much to say about it, really. Coming from a, a, an Olympic background, you you would want to see, you know, a little bit more of that competitive fire. You know, just to, just to say, if you are going to go out on your shield, you can go out a little bit, you know, you can go out a little bit better than that. But, I mean... Hey, what, I I ain't gonna tell nobody how to live their life. She living her life. She she happy doing what she do. Uh, and and I wish all the power to her. You know, it, it might have been a couple. You know, she was she was. I mean, Misha Tate hates her obviously. You know, she, uh, Misha's one of my very good friends. But I don't, I don't have no hate for the woman. So uh, you know, best of luck to her. A lot of people probably give Ronda shit, or some people I don't I don't know. She's probably gotten some shit from some somebody, but they're dumb. You know, she's taking an opportunity, and you know, good for her. If I was Ronda Rousey, I don't give up and I try to back to the gym and train, train more and try to improve and back to UFC. But I think maybe she little give up and I think it's right that if she don't feel like she want to fight, fight more and fight again in UFC, so why not make good money also in the wrestling, you know? You know, it was cool to support her in her new venture in her career. You know, she's a pioneer of the sport, and uh, I feel like I feel like I was a small part of her new her new chapter. Just like I feel like I was a small part of it being there and being somebody that got to throw on a rowdy Ronda Rousey shirt and cheer for from the crowd. The only thing I needed was a couple beers, but I was in camp, so I couldn't get as rowdy as I wanted to. No pun intended. I saw her, you know, make her appearance the other day, and that was that was pretty cool. I was like, oh, that's you know. That's awesome for her. So, you know, maybe I will pay a little bit more attention to it as she, you know, she gets in there and, and, and gains that the WWE fan base. And, you know, I'm interested to see how that plays out for her. I think it's good for her, you know. I'd rather see see her do something that's, like, active versus to, like, just sitting on the sideline and not doing anything. Because at the end of the day, she's still an athlete. And athletes, you know how they are. You can't sit them and be like, yeah, take this desk job because they ain't going to do that. You know what I mean? It's just not not mentally healthy for them. So I'm glad she's she's doing something. I'm glad she's doing something. Man, I am so into it right now. My kids, man, they saw it one day on TV, and they started watching it. So now they're WWE fans, and then they saw Ronda, and then that was it. So now they're the biggest fans, you know, you know we got to follow. And, you know, man, it's good for her, you know. She's got to make money, make money somehow, and, you know, doesn't have to get punched in the face, you know. It's tough too, man. Those guys, like you got to practice a lot for that, you know. And the kid, my kids see it, you know. They're fans of it. I got to watch it, and you know, I support her, man. She's got to do what she's got to do, you know. Well, we know she's good at entertaining and entertainment industry. We know she she's 
she wasn't the best fighter, but hey, she was entertaining. She, she fighting wasn't for her. Maybe it could be, it could it be, but clearly it's not for her. So hey, she she ran with the entertainment industry. Clearly she's good at that, and that's how she made her name. So I'm I'm all on board with her doing what she's got to do. That's that's smart move for her. People are so quick to forget how great Ronda was, how much of a pioneer she is in the game. I mean, you think about from Dana going, there will never be women in the UFC, to then having her do what she did. And, you know, women's MMA, is, is the, the level is rising up so fast now. It's rising up so fast to the point where it's like, eventually, you know, the men are rising up as well, but they're rising up faster than the men's MMA did from like 1993. And, yeah, the game kind of, I think, not left her behind, but just evolved faster because of her, you know, coaching staff. But going to the WWE, I think it's great. I think, you know, pal to her, enjoy yourself, fucking get that money, and fuck everybody else. Do you. I love Israel's <laughs> thing. Fuck everybody else. You do you. Joe, what else you got, my man? Anything else? You are muted, Joe. Sorry, my little guy was having a conversation with me while uh, I was trying to listen to what everyone was saying. And Israel's right, man. Dude, he's right. doesn't matter what anyone says. Even Christoph Jocko, who started off his thoughts that, you know, maybe Ronda should reconsider and go back to the gym. And he ended it with, hell, man, if you're making money in WWE, get her done. Right? And that's yeah. just the way I've always been. It's just a matter of I tell people all the time, don't judge somebody else's decision if you're not in their shoes. You want to get punched in the face and cracked with an elbow that'll pop your cranium or that'll pop your orbital bone? Or do you want to go to WWE where it's a little bit more controlled? And, you know, it's, it's kind of your fault sometimes if you get hurt. Um, you know, if you can't take a chair shot or you can't fall off a ladder or whatever, right? Like, it's it's different. Get paid. Do what you got to do. If, you gotta, if, if, it, if UFC is an avenue for you to do movies... Get her done. I got no problem with anyone ever making that decision. In terms of what I got to do tonight, it's the Raptors, man. It's the Raptors game. Yeah. It's going to be fun. We're just waiting for this guy here. He's uh, I think he's sneezing over here, but uh, just waiting for the boss to come home. You know the boss, Sean? The boss comes home. We'll have some quick lunch or dinner, and then downtown we go. Watch some Raptors. So make sure you follow us on Instagram, at Showdown Joe, at Sean Ross Sapp, uh, and I'll try to keep everyone uh, up to speed on what's happening and how much trouble my son will probably get me into uh, at the Air Canada Center. <laughs> well, guys, it is a quiet MMA weekend. It is not a quiet wrestling weekend. We have Fastlane coverage this weekend. Uh, I am always releasing like shoot interviews. I'm always releasing stuff like that. James Lynch always has exclusive interviews. Also, very soon we will have premium content on Fightful.com. You all have asked for additional stuff. We have a way to bring it to you that makes a little more sense for us. So keep your eye out for that. We have some cool stuff coming. Definitely check out FightfulMMA.com where you have all kinds of exclusive info. This show was brought to you by DraftBus.com. It is a different kind of daily uh, fantasy sports where you can pick the worst teams to win. Joe, I'm sure you'd be great at that. Uh, that'd be kind of challenging because it's hard yeah. to pick, but yeah. They, uh, they they even have some for basketball where it's like uh, bad boy games where you pick uh, only out of personal fouls, blocks, rebounds, steals, things like that, which I think is very cool. cool. Check out draftbus.com. But guys, follow Joe at Showdown Joe. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow us at Fightful Online. We have that specific MMA handle at Fightful MMA. We're on Instagram, Facebook as well at Fightful Online. Until next time, guys, we are out. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.